The portion of Jesus' teaching that we'll focus our attention on for a little while this evening comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their homes. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 400. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is no new idea that if you brought the poor up and the rich down to one level financial playing field, that the result would be everyone happy and paradise on earth. Some go one step further and have for a very, very long time. Some say there are rich and there are poor, but we've all entered this world with equal rights to everything and therefore the the rich is no different than a thief. And anyone who supports a rich man keeping his possessions is no different than a man who says, no, the thief should be able to keep what he stole. If the fall into sin had not happened, there would be equality in resources. All the earth's riches would be a common well that anyone could draw from whenever he had need or, or, or want. But that's just not the case. And the seventh commandment is proof. In the seventh commandment from Mount Sinai, God boomed, you shall not steal. And made it absolutely clear that in this sinful world, he gives to those he wants to give to and he does not give to those he does not want to give to. The seventh commandment puts a ring of fire around your possessions. 
a ring that God has placed there, forbidding anyone else from taking what he has given to you away from you. On this earth, rich and poor will live together. God is master of of all. We want to be masters. And amongst our peers, we are. Amongst our peers, we are owners, masters of whatever God has given to us. But before God, we can't lay claim even to a drop of water. Before God, not one thing is mine. Not one thing is yours. Before God, we are merely managers. First thing I'd like to draw your attention to in our parable this evening is that this manager wanted to be the master. That's what's happening when he squanders his master's wealth. The chapter before this in Luke's gospel is the one where we hear about the the parable of the the lost son, the one who, who gets his inheritance from his father and what does he do? He goes off to a foreign land and he squanders it. It's the exact same word as what this manager does with his master's stuff. He, he treats it as though it's his and he does whatever he wants with it and he wastes it. What does that teach us about ourselves? Whatever it is that God has given to me, whatever it is that God has given to you, I want to be master of that, so do you. I, I want to act as though it belongs to me. I, I earned it. It's, it's my gift. I worked hard for it. I I fostered it. It's my money. I earned it. I worked hard for it. It belongs to me. This is my time. This is my life. I get to decide what I want to do with mine. And you decide what you want to do with yours. The first thing we need to come to grips with tonight before we go any further is the simple fact that we are not masters of anything in this life. We're merely managers of what God has given us. For for the manager in this parable, it it was going to cost him his job. The fact that he tried to be a master over his own master's possessions was going to cause him to be fired and that's when it dawns on him, I could use my master's possessions in my final moments as manager to benefit him and at the same time, myself. For the first time, he actually started managing the possessions of another to bring glory to his master. Did did you track that? He, He used his master's possessions, yes, to gain friends for himself, but in so doing made the master look really generous. And so all these people who were indebted to his master now loved his master as well, who was generous and kind. So even after we have come to grips with the fact 
that we are managers and not masters, we still have problems. We see an example here of of good management, of this manager using his master's possessions for good in, in in a pleasing way. But Jesus' point is even after you people of the light, even after you followers of me, even after you Christians, get it through your thick skulls that you're not masters but managers, you mess that up too. Maybe God has given you gifts and that swells your pride. Be careful. Pride in the gifts that God has given to you is, is a dangerous, dangerous thing. You did nothing to earn the gifts that you have. Those are from God to you. Some of you are influential. You have important positions and that, that tickles you. It makes you feel good to, to know that others are relying on you and they need you and yet you're good at letting that go to your head, at letting that go to your head to, to the point where you start to think that you're actually better than they are. Some of you are, are wealthy. Very, very wealthy. Be careful. Be careful because it's, it's really easy for you to be so thankful and so blessed and so happy for all that God has done for you and at the same time to keep it just for for you. This is one place where we don't want to learn from the manager. I don't think we need to try too hard to see our sin in this text. I don't think we need to try too hard to come to grips with the fact that our sinful nature wants to be the master. And that even as we try to come to grips with our role as managers, that we mess that up too. But this manager... He waited till it was too late. You and me, we don't want to do that. We, we don't want to be caught, called into God's office, and we don't want to hear him say, you're fired. And so this is the, the point where we throw ourselves at the foot of the cross. We rush into God's throne room and, and we say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for acting as though I was the master, when you, Lord, are the only master. And even as I tried to get it through my thick skull that I am just a manager of all that you have given to me, not just money, but, but the talents and the time that you've given me as well, I've, I've messed that up time and time again too. And we know what we should hear. We, we know we, we should hear him tell us we don't deserve to be manager any longer but that's not what we hear. Instead, we hear about another manager, Jesus, the greatest manager of his father's gifts. The one who took on flesh and came into this world and perfectly managed his father's plan, who used every moment of every day to serve his his God, to serve his father, to carry out the plan that was set before him. Who perfectly managed his wealth, meager though it was, every single day, not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of others. Who used every single gift that he had flawlessly. 
And as we stand in the throne room of God, rather than hear him tell us that we can't be manager any longer, all we hear him talk about is Jesus. We hear him tell us that Jesus has forgiven us all our failures as managers. He's even even cleansed us of the condition of our heart that craves to be masters of, of, of our destiny, that craves to be the master of our life. And having pointed us to the cross of Christ and to his empty tomb where death has been defeated forever, God sends us back out to be managers once again. To those of you who have been given wonderful gifts, gifts to empathize, gifts to encourage, gifts to to, to build up, gifts to teach, gifts to comfort and to love. You have the privilege of managing the gifts that God has given to you, not for your own benefit, not to bring glory to yourself, but to serve others. To those of you who have important positions, who are influential, who lead others, who have many others looking up to you day after day, what an opportunity you have to lead them like no one else has ever led them. To lead them with a a humbleness and, and a compassion that is a reflection of no one else but Jesus himself. What an opportunity you have not to draw attention to yourself, but to draw attention to the the greatest leader of them all, our Savior Jesus. And to those of you who are wealthy, rejoice. Give thanks to God for the, the material possessions that he has entrusted to your care. Use them to serve the needs of others. Use them to help the poor. Use them to feed the hungry, to give water to the thirsty. Use them to to care for those who are in need, who, who need a place to stay or who need clothes to wear. Use the blessings that God has given you to serve others. And whether you are serving with gifts or with time and and abilities, with with money, what will happen? You will touch the lives of others. You, You will touch them with more than just love. You will have opportunities to point them to the same Jesus who's forgiven all your sins. Make sure you don't misunderstand me tonight. You you don't get to go into heaven because you've loved others. You you get admitted into heaven because of what Jesus has done for you. But the arms of those you have served as you've managed the, the time and the talents and the treasures that God has entrusted to you will be there open and waiting for you, approving. Approving of the faith that you had in Jesus. Attesting to the reality of your faith. What did Jesus say? Use earthly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And as believers in God's Son, managing over all that it is God has given to you, you will be welcomed with open arms into eternal dwellings by the many, many souls that that you touch Lord's blessings as you use the gifts God has given to you, as you manage them to serve those around you, reflecting the love of Jesus each and every day. Amen.